Hi, I'm Raphael Honigstein, and you're listening to the Bavarian Podcast Works. Welcome into yet another episode of Bavarian Podcast Works. We have gone beyond the point of winning the championship, but we still have a couple of games to go. And as I mentioned at the end of our last podcast, we will be talking about other teams that are competing for the league and in the rest of the season trying to get up to the Bundesliga from the second division as well. We will get to that after recapping Bayern's game against Freiburg. I'm joined by Tom Adams and Chuck Smith. Guys, how are you doing today? All is good in Pennsylvania, Jake. I am enjoying life, even though I'm still fairly quarantined. But uh, all is good. I'm doing well, holding down the fort in uh, good old southeastern Connecticut. I got to jump the gun here and get ahead of it so that I don't receive too much banter for Liverpool playing like absolute crap in the Merseyside Derby in the first game back from the Premier League. So I'll get that out of the way. Um, Other than that, it's a little bittersweet that, you know, we're getting ready for the last match day uh, in the Bundesliga. But, you know, how far it's come with coronavirus and all and Bayern clinching their eight consecutive Bundesliga title and... Now we have two more trophies to look forward to. Tom, we've been telling you that Liverpool is going to slip up against Manchester City, and after their two wins and your draw against Everton, I still think that you're a little bit blind, and I feel sorry for you. I really do. All downhill since they didn't get Timo Werner. Just want to. <laughs> we just wanted to give Pep, you know, and City a little bit of hope, so we, you know, just didn't completely steamroll the league. You know, we want to give him a little bit of hope, have a little bit more fun I don't, with it. I don't know. Pep did give a shout-out to Claudio Pizarro, so right now I'm kind of rooting for Man City to go ahead and win the entire thing. So before we keep going down that awful rabbit hole of talking about success for Liverpool, we're going to talk about Bayern beating Freiburg 3-1 at the weekend. Two goals from Robert Lewandowski and a goal from Joshua Kimmich. But a goal for Freiburg came... A little bit before the half, all four of the goals got scored before the half. Uh, Lewandowski scored in the 24th, Kimmich in the 15th, uh, Holler for Freiburg in the 33rd, and then just four minutes later in the 37th, Robert Lewandowski was able to take care of it. Uh, guys, typical Bayern Munich win, I would say, but with an interesting twist looking at this roster, which we will get into later, so try your best to avoid that when we're talking about this game. How do you think it all looked? Uh, how were you impressed by everybody that you know wasn't making their debut today? I thought it was a pretty. It was it was definitely a solid performance from Bayern. I mean, we got to see uh, a Freiburg team that was was really motivated. I think Christian Strike has done an absolutely phenomenal job with that squad over the years, and especially this season. And it looked like for a while there, especially at the very beginning of the game, the first 10 minutes or so, that Bayern was really going to have their hands full. But I think once Kimmich uh, scored that first goal, it kind of opened things up a little bit. And Bayern's overall talent just took over. But, you know, just impressive performances across the board. I thought Muller and Lewandowski were just out of this world. They were so good on the day. 
And it was really, really tough to find many faults with what Bayern had done on the field. So I really couldn't be more impressed with the progress they've made under Hansi Flick to this point in the season. And it's just, it's, you can't say enough good things about the squad right now. Yeah, I have to agree with Chuck. I mean, there's a lot of neutrals out there, including myself, you know, massive fan of a Christian strike. You know, I even tweeted it um, a couple of days before the match. You know, I was really pushing for Freiburg, you know, take, to make a run at a European spot in the Bundesliga, but they're obviously going to fall a bit short, but you have to give uh, strike every bit of credit. You know, I think he's done a phenomenal job with this team for as long as he's been in charge and they're a very exciting team to watch. And, you know, they've pulled off some amazing results this season, last season and the season before. But um, for Bayern's sake for this match, it was, you know, without going into detail about the actual personnel changes, it was good to see that with the amount of changes that Hansi Flick made, it didn't disrupt our ebb and flow too, too much. Um, I liked how we were able to respond to Freiburg coming out pretty brave. I agree with Chuck there. I do think that Freiburg had their chances uh, in the in the opening stages of the first half. But again, it was really good to see Lewandowski being unselfish in the box. You know, that's not something we oftentimes see. I thought he teed up uh, Joshua Kimmich for his goal phenomenally. And I think once that first goal went in, um, even with our changed personnel, we really started to flex our wings, move the ball quickly and sharply. A lot of guys had a lot of confidence. Uh, on the ball, Freiburg had to become a bit more open, which every time we play against a team that kind of sits back deep against us and we get a goal, um, it always forces them to come out. It usually always works to our favor. So I thought we did a really good job of, you know, exposing those spaces in between the lines as Freiburg's defense uh, and midfield had to become less compact. For Freiburg's goal, I think there was just, um, you know, on that sequence of play, I think uh, Pavard didn't necessarily have to keep that ball in. I think it was him who wound up clearing it. We may have been better off letting it go out for a corner kick. Uh, and then just a little bit of a miscommunication between um, Javi Martinez and Luca Hernandez as far as, you know, who should be tracking the player. And obviously Schmidt was right there to, or excuse me, Holler was right there to tap in Schmidt's uh, cross. But nonetheless, it was good to see Sven Ulreich in goal and make some phenomenal saves. And the play of the game for me, which really I thought stuck out in my mind and was very positive as far as looking at some of this personnel changes, is the buildup to the third goal, Robert Lewandowski's second goal. It was pretty much on the edge of Bayern, Bayern's 18, and I know Chuck is going to love this when I describe this, but Mikel Cuisance, he just picks up the ball and absolutely rolled and rinsed like three Freiburg players galloped forward and I think it was him who played he either played a pass to Goretzka who then played it to Hernandez who sent him the cross or Cuisance played it directly to uh, Hernandez who I thought was going to shoot from the angle he was at but wound up playing it into Lewandowski but for me that was just such an inspiring sequence uh, and really stuck out of my mind as far as wow you know we made these changes. You know, a couple of these guys, these fringe players, have gotten a chance now uh, that we've won the league and we've had some flexibility. And you know, the future definitely looks bright for us. And let's talk about that future because we had two players making their debut in Musiala and Richards. And shout out to all of our fans in India because your boy Sarpreet Singh got his first start at right wing this game. It looked incredibly promising. For the future, despite the fact that Richards and Musiala only came on in the 84th and 88th minutes, it was amazing to see how well Sarpreet Singh has progressed in his development, and a lot of that has to deal with the success of FC Bayern 2, but these guys came out there, they seemed ready for the occasion, 
and we've seen Hansi Flick before make the case for these younger players and show that he's believing in them and confident in their abilities. We saw it from the beginning of his time as a manager when you look back to that game against Freiburg when he put on Joshua Zerksi and he was able to win the game for us. So, guys, what did you think? It was a really fascinating way to start the game, honestly. You had Singh out on one wing and Cuisance on the other, and that's not really ideally where I think either player <laughs> saw themselves making a debut, but I thought they both acclimated themselves really well. Uh, particularly seeing early on, he looked like he had a lot of energy. You could see the vision that he has and the impact he can make in that respect. We've seen Cuisance before. This was the first time we've seen him in a little bit of a wider role. And I think, you know, the only thing holding him back right now is in between his ears. He has the skill and the vision, the ability, but he's pressing right now. He's trying too hard to make things happen. Uh, so, you know, the, overall, the young kids, I thought they were, they really, really did well. It was, it was awesome to see Richards come on late along with Musiala. I, I, everyone kind of knows my history with Richards and, and writing the story on him, following him from his youth soccer days all the way through last year, the early part of 2019. So, I mean, to me, that was awesome to see. This is a kid who... Under a lot of circumstances, he, he may not have made it. There were so many things working against him. And to see him be able to make his debut and to get through all the stuff that he had to battle through, all the people that doubted him, and to be able to make the big stage like that. I mean, I was proud. I'm not his dad or anything, but I kind of was proud like a dad in the way that, you know, to see a kid whose dream was to do that, make it that far I mean, yet you couldn't really be any, you know, more impressed with the way he handled himself. And, you know, it was, again, Jake, like you said, Hansi Flick, he, he gives these youth players a chance. And I think the confidence he instills in them allows them to go out on the field and play with world-class players like David Alaba or Thomas Muller or Robert Lewandowski, and they feel comfortable. So, I mean, it's a big testament to Flick and also to these kids and the mindset that they have. Well, we have to start by saying Chuck is a super dad. I know that we have uh, a little saying going around our Slack channel for all of our um, contributors at BFW that are fathers. We always call them super dads uh, when they're being productive on the website uh, in conjunction with, you know, being busy dads, as oftentimes can be. And as far as the personnel was for some of these younger guys, I have to first start off by saying, so Sarpreet Singh when we had the genius idea to make all of those Bayern Munich hashtags for all of the players, he probably had the best one, hashtag sing with it. <laughs> but I have to 100% agree with Chuck. You know, both Sing and Cuisance getting starts. This was the uh, the first one, I believe, for Sing. Cuisance, obviously, we've seen before. I remember even tweeting about this. You know, the opening stages of the game, what was amazing for Singh is it just seemed like all of his teammates, Lewandowski, Muller, Goretzka, Kimmich, it seemed like everyone was looking for him in the opening stages. And yes, at times that can make it seem like it, it's forced, but I think they were just trying to play into his confidence levels. And credit to him, you know, he was getting on the end of a lot of these chances, which means he was going to the right spaces, which is 
you know, alluding to all the work they've done on the training ground. He probably knew that he was going to be involved in this game uh, at least a few days before. So it's stuff they've worked on, stuff that Hansi Flick had instructed him to do. And it was great to see them try and feed him. It's unfortunate he wasn't able to get on the score sheet, but you know, that'll do a world of wonder for his confidence. And I just liked how all of his teammates were looking for him. Uh, the same with Cuisance. I think every time we've seen him since the Bundesliga restart, uh, his performances have grown almost in a sense of maturity. There were a few instances, um, one particularly sticks out in my mind, where Cuisance had kind of snapped a shot after Thomas Muller had teed him up uh, beautifully just inside the 18, and he kind of skied the shot with his left foot, and you saw Muller immediately after just uh, running over and giving him a little bit of coaching. You know, that's just something I love to see. He was probably telling him to kind of calm down, you know, don't let your, your, you know, your eyes wide up and kind of overreact to a, a situation that, that presented itself because uh, that could have been an easy finish and probably should have been a goal for Bayern. But I absolutely loved Muller immediately going over, consoling him and kind of giving him, giving him a little bit of a piece of advice. And then while they didn't get too many minutes, it was just amazing to see both uh, Chris Richards and Jamal Musiala coming on and getting their uh, Bundesliga debuts, albeit only for, I think it was uh, two or three minutes respectively. Uh, obviously, Musiala becoming the youngest player to make uh, a Bundesliga debut, which is great. I'm very proud that it happened to be uh, FC Bayern uh, that was the one who got this player to to break this record. And, you know, as I said just a few moments ago, the future definitely looks bright. We're going to take a break right now. And when we come back, we will talk about what's going on in the lower leagues of German soccer. Stay tuned. Welcome back, and now we're going to talk about what's going on in the Zweite Liga as well as the Three Liga. Let's start off by the potential teams that are in the top flight right now who almost seemed destined to go down to the Two Liga. We'll start with the teams that are safe as of right now, right? Mainz over the weekend defeated Werder Bremen 3-1, so they jump up from... 15th and on the cusp of potentially going down to 13th, they are safe. In 14th and 15th, we have Köln and Augsburg on points. They are safe as of this weekend. They will be okay. They have four points ahead of 16th place, so they're not going to be able to lose that over the weekend. 16th place is currently occupied by Fortuna Dusseldorf. 17th is occupied by Werder Bremen. Paderborn in 18th have already been confirmed to go down. So, we look at this Fortuna team. 30 points. They just recently came off of a 1-1 draw to Augsburg. They play Union Berlin, who are in 12th place at the weekend. Werder Bremen, they are on 28 points. They just came off of that loss to Mainz, as I mentioned, and they play 14th place Köln over the weekend as well. Guys... These two teams have had really poor seasons. One team, it seemed kind of obvious from the beginning that they would be struggling. Another team, it was an utter shock that they were doing poorly. Bremen's team obviously has a lot of talent, and you wouldn't have expected that from them. And Dusseldorf have been yo-yoing back and forth between the top two flights of German soccer for some time, so you almost expected them to have to deal with this relegation battle for a while. Now... The better of these two teams are going to have to go into a two-legged playoff in order to fight for their survival. Based on who they're playing this weekend, and considering the gap, who do you think is going to earn the right to be in that playoff? 
to me, I look at Werder Bremen and I think they have to at some point step up their game and this is the week they finally do it. And I think this is where they push themselves into that playoff. I'm still puzzled how this season unraveled for them. They have so much talent. And Kofeld, I thought, was a, a bright young coach. But this the season never got on track. Their defense was a, a complete disaster for the better part of the year. And it was really sad to see how far they fell just given the roster. And, and you know, we look at a lot of things from an American standpoint. And we, we look at... Josh Sargent as one of the the bright young stars of the USMNT. And yeah, honestly, in a lot of ways, it might be better for him personally if Werder Bremen were to, to drop down. But at the same time, I just think that the roster is too talented and they have to, I mean, at some point it's just, it has to kick in for them. They can't continuously just suck for lack of a better term so i'm hoping that that this is the week it kicks in and i know when we talk about those the second league teams you know we have some high hopes for maybe one team in particular and it might be harder for them against Werder bremen but i think this is the weekend Werder bremen they're going to clinch it they're going to beat cologne and they're going to get that 16th spot and we'll see them in the playoff yeah i mean this is just such a difficult situation you know all things considered uh, especially when you take into account, you know, how long there was a hiatus from from matches due to the coronavirus uh, pandemic, and I don't know if I agree with Chuck or not. Um, it's interesting that both Dusseldorf and Bremen are playing teams that have already um, secured their safety in in Cologne and Union Berlin. Um, to me, I mean, if I'm a betting man and I have to put money on it, I think I'm gonna back Dusseldorf. Uh, to get that last playoff spot, or that playoff spot, excuse me, um, just just going off of the fact that Berlin, to me, have just looked very, very poor and very shaky uh, since the, the Bundesliga's restart. You know, they, they had a really difficult time with their first two games coming out against Bayern and then uh, Hertha Berlin. Um, and it, it was it's interesting that the last two match weeks, all the games are played simultaneously. I kind of feel like both Dusseldorf and, and Bremen and their respective matches kind of were playing cautiously brave. Uh, if I'm if I'm putting it the best way I can, you know, Bremen had come off the loss to us after beating Paderborn five one, and you could tell Florian Kofeld went with a braver lineup, playing uh, two guys up front in Osaka and Josh Sargent instead of packing the midfield. Um, and I'm sure that they had communications from the other match, and really so. Both Augsburg and Dusseldorf, they both had a massive chance to kind of take full points. And, I mean, Augsburg inevitably wound up guaranteeing their safety, but it was a huge, huge opportunity uh, for Dusseldorf missed at home. You know, like like I mentioned, playing cautiously brave, you know, playing very open and free-flowing and attacking at times, and then at times, you know, kind of laying off and, you know, playing compact and... Uh, trying to thwart everything that Augsburg were throwing at them. And for them, just looking at their overall season, you know, it was, it just went from bad to worse under Friedhelm Funkel and then bringing in Rossler, you know, they didn't necessarily start off too hot when he took over either, but you know, they're just, for me, they just have the easier matchup on, on the last, the last match week. And, you know, 
Bremen obviously being the team who are two points behind them just have it all to do and they have it up against them. To give my answer, I have to go ahead and look at the teams that could potentially come up from the second division, right? Because I care more about one team coming up from the second division than I do either of these teams going down from the first. So down on the second division, Armenia have already confirmed their spot in the in the automatic promotion. Second place is VfB Stuttgart, and they're basically, as Derek Ray put it on Twitter, they are 99.9999% set to go up. The only way they don't automatically go up is if third place Heidenheim beat their opponents this weekend 12-0 and Stuttgart lose. And seeing as Heidenheim are playing the top team, Armenia, I doubt that's going to happen. But really, it's that third-place team that I care about and that relegation playoff spot that I care about. So Heidenheim are on 55 points, and they play Armenia, as I mentioned. Fourth place is Hamburg SV. They are on 54 points. They are just one point behind, and they play SV Sandhausen, who are in 12th place. And just looking at that, you would think that it's a pretty easy game for Hamburg to win. But it should be noted that Sandhausen is not your typical mid-table team. They did really well in their beginning in the beginning part of their season. They only suffered six losses in the Hindrunda. They even managed to go to Sevilla and beat Sevilla 3-1 in a club friendly before the Rukrunda started. But they had a really, really poor February that saw them lose every single one of their games. Not, no draws, just all losses. And so they stumbled. But against the teams that are currently in the top four, so again, Armenia, Stuttgart, Heidenheim, uh, and uh, Hamburg, they have a record of two wins, three draws, and two losses. They've won and lost to Heidenheim and Stuttgart. They drew Armenia twice, and they drew HSV 1-1 back in December. So with all of that being said, I think it's highly likely that Sandhausen come out of this game with a draw, and Hamburg stays down. And with that being said... We're looking potentially at a Heidenheim team that has never appeared in the top flight of German soccer ever in a playoff to see their fate secured and to go up. Therefore, when I look at the bottom three teams in the Bundesliga, I see a Fortuna team that's probably going to yo-yo for a while. And I see a Werder Bremen team that seems almost destined to go down. And I remember saying a couple weeks ago that I wanted Bremen to get that relegation playoff spot because I thought that Hamburg were going to go up and Bremen were going to go down and therefore we weren't going to get any Nord Derbys next year. Over the course of about a week and a half, the tables have turned. It seems almost certain that both of these teams are going to be playing in the second division. So I want Heidenheim to come up. I want a newbie in the Bundesliga because imagine the scenes. Remember last year how Union Berlin were absolutely losing their minds? There's not going to be any fans in the stands for this game, but I imagine that the town that Heidenheim plays in is just going to lose their absolute minds when they realize that top flight teams are going to be coming and playing against them. And so when I look between Werder Bremen 
and Fortuna Dusseldorf. I think the team that Heidenheim has the best chance of beating would probably be that Fortuna Dusseldorf team because Bremen's talent is there. They just have to turn it on. And for some reason, nobody's hit the light switch yet. And I don't want them to choose to do that at the detriment of Heidenheim. So I want Bremen now to go down and I want Dusseldorf to get that playoff spot so that they will eventually lose to Heidenheim and go down. If that makes any sense at all. I just, at the end of the day, I just, I want Heidenheim to come up. I just want a new team in the Bundesliga. I want to see how excited those people are going to be. Um, I guess that's kind of our part on the Zweite Liga, unless you guys want to chip in with any ideas, who do you think is going to be able to qualify for that relegation playoff spot? Do you think Heidenheim's going to be able to hold on against Armenia? It's obviously, Jake, I think it's obviously great to see that the young players have stepped up. And, and really, in in this group, it's a good mix of mostly young players with some veterans trickled in to kind of guide them along the way. And just to see the progress they've made and the success that they've had, it's given some of those players an opportunity to really grow. And I think that's one of the things we're seeing with some of the younger players that have been promoted of late. The confidence they have and they've built up through the success they've achieved in the in the three Liga, it's showing. And that means that Bayern, through their system, is doing the right things for these players. And when you start to reap those rewards and you see players like Sarpreet Singh come up and assert himself nicely, or even some of the younger kids like um, Musiala come up, he's had a couple of games with Bayern too, and all of a sudden now he is in the uh, senior team lineup. So it's showing they're doing the right things. It's a commitment to developing that youth that I think sometimes gets overlooked at big clubs. And it's it's pretty awesome to see. I mean, this is a second team that is is taking on a lot of clubs' first team units and, and doing really really well. One hundred percent. It's just yet another Timo train that Chuck has to derail. So good luck to Heidenheim now. But I'm completely uh, backing Chuck on that one. I would absolutely love to see Heidenheim, uh, you know, get into the Bundesliga for the very first time and see Nicolas Dorsch come back to the Allianz Arena just with an absolute chip on his shoulder. I love seeing that kind of stuff. You know, it's happened before. They, you know, they might not play up for it, you know, against every other team, but when they play against that team that they left with a little bit of bad blood, they're going to play with that extra chip on their shoulder and that's something I would absolutely relish seeing. I'm sure we all remember the uh the 5-4 match from the DFB Pokal call last year from Bayern and Heidenheim with a uh let's just say a Niklas Zula red card that I have some very choice words for that I will not, you know, utter over the airwaves. Uh, and then Robert Lewandowski came in and saved our bacon in the end. And it's just interesting. I put out a tweet on our Twitter account. I was either yesterday uh, or the day before just kind of getting a feeler for asking people who they'd like to see come back up. And it was actually really quite interesting. It was about 50-50 between Hamburg uh, and Heidenheim. You know, a lot of people who have been fans of the Bundesliga for a really long time Obviously, Hamburg, you know, they had that running clock of how long they'd been uh, in the top flight. So uh, a lot of traditionalists from the Bundesliga's perspective want to see them come back up. Uh, but, you know, a lot of people are also in the same boat uh, that myself and Chuck are, and I believe you as well, Jake, wanting to see Heidenheim uh, make history and, you know, make it to the top flight and, you know, see how well they can do uh, in the top flight, assuming that they do make it. 
Um, I will say um, it, it it's just going to be so bizarre, you know, the whole Geisterspiele fashion. Oftentimes with these playoffs, you know, we saw what Union Berlin Stadium was like with playing uh, Stuttgart last year. And, you know, that was one of the most amazing second leg finals or not finals, but second legs of a playoff I've ever seen. Just absolute scenes um, after the final whistle had gone uh, and Union Berlin had clinched promotion to the Bundesliga. It's just something amazing to see. And, you know, we're obviously going to be missing that um, if and when Heidenheim get that third spot and the, the playoff spot and get into the playoffs. It's, I just often feel that, you know, the lower teams often are the, or I should say benefit more from the presence of fans uh, that are going to be behind them. So it's a little sad that they're not going to be involved, but nonetheless, I'm sure that they know there's going to be a lot of people like us backing them and wanting them to uh, complete history. So I'm all for it. I hope they can pull it off and um, I believe they'll be playing Dusseldorf and I hope they can uh, nip them and get into the Bundesliga. So with that, we're going to end this episode. Thank you all for listening. Please be sure to like, rate, share, subscribe, and download us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere else that you get your quality audio content. Follow us on Twitter at BavarianFBWorks, at Jefferson Fenner, and at the Verrill Blog, and at TommyAdams71. And until our next episode, we will see you guys later. Stay safe. Auf Wiedersehen.